your Bible, open with me to the book of Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians chapter number four. This week I, I had um, messages prepared to preach today, but over the past, um, I would say the past three days, the Lord has uh, began to burden my heart to go uh, another direction this morning. And um, so if you will find your place in Ephesians chapter number four, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we stand in need this morning of you working in our hearts and we are dependent on the word of God and on the Holy Spirit. Bring conviction in this hour and draw all hearts closer to you. Those that are lost, may they fall down before you today in repentance and faith and be born again. Those that are saved, may we draw closer to you. Lord, may you push back the forces of hell May nothing grieve the moving of God in this service. May you meet every need, work in every heart. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The past few weeks I've been preaching some very direct messages on godliness and and on righteousness and on holiness because that's the direction God tells his people to go. And this past week, um, I was trying to help somebody, and I have their blessing to share this today without their name. But when, when, when preachers preach very strong on what the Bible says, many times people in church, and even people out of church, they'll say, oh, well, well they're, just, they're just stuck up, or they're just a Pharisee, or, or they think they're just better than somebody. But this week, the person that I was trying to help grew up going to church. And they, they grew up hearing the things that are preached weekly here at Tabernacle and at other churches. They grew up hearing this. And this person... As they grew up, they, they got away from the Lord. And they got on drugs. And the drugs affected their life for, for years. They knew the truth that is preached to you every week here, preached to me every week here. They knew. But those things, for whatever reason, did not resonate in their heart. And they ended up on drugs, and, and these drugs now have affected their life, their mind, and everything about them. And now they realized that Satan has led them to go astray. Now they realize that they regret that they did not listen to what God said. Now they sit with tears in their eyes asking, how do I get help? What do I do? And they're getting help. 
Hallelujah. God can help. Amen. God is still God. But today I would like to preach a message that would hopefully stand as a very large roadblock in, in the way of every person that hears my voice today that they might not end up on that road. Ephesians chapter number four, verse number 27. The Bible says, neither give place to the devil. I love the book of Ephesians, and to be honest, I, I, I plan at some point to preach through the book of Ephesians in the services here. And a person can be in the book of Ephesians for a very long time, amen? A lot of good material here. That's helpful to our daily lives. But here in these few words, it affects everything in our life. If you'll look with me in the book of John, chapter number 10. John chapter number 10, verse number 9 and 10. This is Jesus talking. And he said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief, that's in reference to the devil. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. My friend, I want to stand in your way this morning and in my way and in all of our way this morning and plead do not give place to the devil. Amen. He wants to steal and kill and destroy everything about you. If you're lost, he wants to steal your opportunities to get saved. He wants to kill you and destroy your soul in hell. You say, well, I don't believe that. Then you're a fool. Right. The Bible said, a fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. And the God of heaven cannot lie. And God has told us this is the plan of the devil. To steal and to kill and to destroy. And then you find in the life of saved people. People who have been born again. But for whatever reason, maybe they're full of pride. Maybe they've been rubbed wrong by a preacher with an arrogant or a wrong spirit. But for whatever reason, when the Bible and the truth of the Bible is preached, they, 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 they just don't like it. They get rubbed off and they say, well, that's pharisaical. No, friend, this is said by God to protect you and to protect me. Because the devil wants to steal and kill and destroy. If you're saved, he wants to steal your testimony. He wants to kill your family. And he wants to destroy everything God has done in your life. That's his plan. Oh, but that's not how he paints himself. As you ride down the road and, and you see the, the billboards for alcohol and, and, and you know it's always got a, they're definitely not ladies, but it'll have a female. And she won't have many clothes on. And it paints that it's beauty. No, friend. It's Satan trying to deceive people to destroy their life. 
Amen? And he does this in many realms, whether it be alcohol, sex, drugs, music, money, fame, friends, pride. He does it in every way. And his plan is to kill and to steal and to destroy. And that's what he's out to do. You may, you may think, well, he's not after me. Yes, he is. And if that's your thinking, I'd say he's probably already got to you. The Bible said be sober. That let, means let your mind be clear. Be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour you. Those who are not saved, well, he's not going to roar at them. He's going to deceive them. He's going to lure them. He's going to try to trap them in sin. Oh, but my friend, be careful because one day the snake will bite. And when the snake bites, you'll feel it. And it will steal and kill and destroy. That is his plan. That is his plan for those of you today who are trying to serve God. He wants to steal, to kill and destroy But Jesus said there, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. But he said, but I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. All people all over this world, they're searching for something. They're searching for something that satisfies. You know, that's why they go out and they live in wickedness for pleasure on Saturday night. But Sunday morning when they wake up still drunk with a hangover, they're not satisfied. There's still an empty void there. Because that that void is a God-shaped hole that only he can satisfy. That's why the the, the Bible said, his mouth is most sweet. Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my friend and my beloved, O daughters of Jerusalem. That's talking about Jesus Christ, our shepherd. He's the only one that can satisfy. The Bible said, he satisfied thy mouth with good things. So thy youth is renewed like thee. That the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Look with me in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number 9 and 10. The Bible said the heart is deceitful. That's why you shouldn't trust in your heart and I shouldn't trust in my heart. The heart is deceitful. Your heart will deceive you. My heart will deceive me. We're not supposed to rely on how we feel about something or how we think about something. We're supposed to rely on what God said about something. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. That means that you and I cannot know fully our own heart. But God does. The Lord, verse 10, I the Lord search the heart. I pray God search our hearts this morning. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So as I think this morning about neither give place to the devil. You know, nobody who who gets hooked into alcohol has a plan to lose their family and their money and their job and their car and their home and their wife and their children. Nobody has that plan. Nobody gets hooked on gambling, plans to lose their money and their wife and their children and their car and their home and their job. Nobody has that plan. Nobody who gets hooked by a trap of Satan has that type of a plan. That's because Satan didn't advertise that way. He deceives. Slewfoot, the liar, Satan, 
the one who is out to destroy all of us. Maybe you're not saved this morning. He still wants to destroy you in hell. You see, Jesus Christ, the king of heaven, he died on the cross to save you and me from hell. But that precious royal blood offers no hope to Satan. It offers no hope. Now it offers hope to the vilest offender among men. But it does not offer hope to Satan. And so he's a roaring lion. He's angry. He's mad. And he wants to destroy everything and everybody along with him. Neither give place to the devil. This, this, this here in, in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul begins to preach very sharply about the way that Christians should live. Because God has a way that he wants us to live. And one of the ways that he wants us to live is giving no place to the devil. Another place in the Bible, I can't recall the scripture off the top of my mind, it talks about giving no occasion for the adversary to speak reproachfully. The Bible talks about us living circumspectly and, and, and walking holy and unblameably. Yes. Neither give place to the devil. This giving place, it means to give them an opportunity. I once heard a mountain preacher in Georgia say that if you give the devil a toehold, he'll make a stronghold out of it. Yes. You give him a little place and the next thing you know, he'll own you. Neither give place to the devil. I think about different places that people give place to the devil. In their heart. Nobody wakes up, just starts out saying, I'm going to destroy everything in my life today. No, it starts with the heart being deceived. They, they, their heart gave thought and, and, and gave, gave consent and pondered on the temptations of Satan. They gave place in their heart. Satan didn't make me do it. He didn't make you do it. But he sits there and says, here it is. You know you want it. You know you want it. And the heart it starts to ponder and it gives place to the devil. God forbid that we give place to Satan in our heart. That's why the psalmist said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. My friend, I don't have the power to fight Satan. And you don't have the power to fight Satan, but Jesus does. Amen. The Bible calls itself a two-edged sword. You know what a two-edged sword does? It cuts coming and going. Every way you swing it, it's going to cut something. And the Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. But don't give place to the devil in your heart. But then I think about the mind. All oh, the battle is in the mind. And how many times Satan will attack the mind with a, with a simple thought. He'll just drop a seed and sow it. Oh, but if you start to ponder on it, the next thing you know, all day, all week, all month, all year, it owns you. And by the time you go down in that pit, you can't get back out. Don't give place to the devil in your mind. The Bible talks about our mind being focused on him. The Bible teaches us in Philippians 4 how we are to think. But then I think about our ears. Our ears. The things we hear. The things we watch on TV and hear with our ear. The music that we listen to. The people that we talk to. The content that we hear. 
it affects us. And when we hear it, the ears, the eyes, you know what they are? They're a gate to the heart and to the mind. And if we don't guard and we give place to the devil in what we hear or what we see, it won't be long and it'll be in our heart and in our mind. And then it won't be long until it's an action. Because you know where our actions come from? They come from our heart. When we love God, you know why somebody stands up and shouts hallelujah in church? Because their heart is filled with the glory. You know why somebody comes in broken and weeping and crying? Because their heart is broken. You know why people do good things to help other people? Because their heart, their eye affected their heart. And they reach out in mercy to try to help them. You know why people do wicked things? Because they gave place somewhere. And their heart gave place to Satan. And it wasn't long and it became an action. Neither give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil in your heart, in your mind, with your ears, with your eyes, or with your home. My friend, God, in the book of Genesis, ordained the home. And all day, all over this world, every day I hear about the perversions of the home. God ordained the home to have a mother and a father. And if they have children, then the children by that mother and father, unless they're adopted and taken in. But now we got men, they didn't like the first woman, so they got another one. Or the woman didn't like the first man, so they got another one. And they make excuses for it. And, and they, or they just don't even get married. My friend, the home is a doctrine designed by God. Right? The judge and, or people or their opinions have no say-so because God ordained the home. God designed the home. Not me and not you. God did. That's why when Mary and I were in China and Korea, you know, you know, homes were a wreck. A wreck. Children never seen their, their, their daddy love on their mama. So I'd start loving on Mary and they'd start laughing because they never seen that. That should be normal. Amen. Amen. The home. Don't let the devil into your home. You give your kids opportunity to do something that's of the devil, it'll come out in them. It'll affect you. And you, you, it'll come in in five minutes, but it'll take years, if ever, for you to get it out. Husbands, we're supposed to be the protector, the priest of our home. Don't let the devil into your house. Ladies, don't try to sneak the devil into your house behind your husband. Don't give place to the devil in your home. May I say this, your friends. Neither give place to the devil with your friends. You know, Bible said in, in Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab. You know what Jonadab did to Amnon? He gave him counsel and he ended up raping his sister. You better be careful who your friends are. Right. Now you can be friendly to anybody. 
But you better be careful who you give your heart to. Parents, you better protect who your kids are friends with. You better protect who they hang out with when you're not around. Neither give place to the devil. What about this in the church? You know how strife and discords and fights, all that happened in a church? Somebody gave place to the devil. The Bible tells us, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, the Bible tells us that people, when they're at odds with each other, they should be quick before they ever come to the altar to pray to go to that person and make that relationship issue right. That's what the Bible says for him. But yet so many people don't do that. You know why? Because they're giving place to the devil. The Bible said neither give place to the devil. What about in our standards? Oh, yeah. I hear it all the time. Oh, they're just a bunch of Pharisees. They believe ladies ought to dress right, and they, ought, they believe men ought to dress right. They're just stuck up, arrogant, Pharisee. Well, no, no. Ladies, let me tell you something. If there's a man who's looking at you and he's not interested in you dressing right, he's not interested in having a godly lady. And I'll tell you this, there's no man who wants to marry a lady who don't dress like a godly lady. He, he, might, he might be looking for a fun time, but he's not looking for a wife like that. He's not looking for a wife that dresses for other men. Amen? Standards. The Bible said, be holy, for I am holy. God is holy. And your choices. Every day we have to make decisions. Every day. Are we making decisions that please God? Or are we yielding to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life? Are we being led by selfishness? Or are we being led by the word of God? Satan wants to destroy you. And he wants to destroy me. And as I talked to this individual this week, tears filled their eyes. And they asked me, how do I get help? What do I do? How do I combat this? I began to tell them, well, my friend, your whole life you've heard the truth preached. But probably at that time, you didn't think that it was important. They agreed. And now they sit with regret, pain, hurt, and shame. Desiring for God to cut away their chains and to help them. Every day of their life now has become a prison rather than a pleasure. Neither give place to the devil. So what do we do? They ask me, where do I go from here? Well, I'm glad we got a good God Amen. and a merciful God that gives us an answer. Look with me in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Verse number 10. <clears throat> it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. My friend, we got to depend on God. 
I can't depend on me and I can't depend on you. We have to depend on God. Do you need help this morning? If you need help this morning, you need to depend on the Lord. You need to be strong in the power of his might. Not in mine. Not in yours. But then it tells us how to do that. Let's look here. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Notice with me the words, the whole. That means all of it. My dad was in the army. My dad defended America four times in an act of war. And he talked to me about being in Afghanistan and they'd have to kick the doors in on terrorist house trying to hunt them down and, and there'd be a hand grenade on the floor and they would have to command a soldier to lay on the hand grenade because it's either going to kill one person or everybody. But they have these special vests that are designed to hopefully protect the life of the person. But can you imagine somebody running in there with only half of their armor on? A helmet and no vest, or a vest and no helmet. You know what the armor does? It's to protect. Well, if I only have half of my suit on, I'm vulnerable. And if you only have half of your suit on, you're vulnerable. But the Bible tells us here, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. But we need the whole armor of God to be able to stand. Not going to be able to stand without the armor. We need the whole armor. You know who the armor is? It's Jesus Christ. And it's aspects of the word of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You see, the devil's stronger than me. And the devil's stronger than you. But the devil is not stronger than the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Bible says, and make no provision for the flesh, like the Bible said, neither give place to the devil. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Notice with me in verse number 12. This is very important for us to understand. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, our fight is with the devil and the world and the flesh and the minions of Satan. If people in the church have an issue with each other, there's something more behind it. There's influences of wicked realms, whether it be through the flesh or the world or the devil. And we need to understand this. And this is why we need the armor of the Lord. Verse number 13, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. We need every aspect of it. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Evil days are going to come. Days of attack. Days of temptation. Days of trial. Days of distress. Days of pain. Days of anguish. There's going to be times you're not going to understand or I'm not going to understand. They're going to come. And the Bible tells us how to get ready. It says we need to suit up. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. So, so when we put on the whole armor of God, that means we've done everything we can do. And it says, there, it says here, how do we do that? 
Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Now, now to be girt about carries with it the meaning of preparing for action. And so if we're going to prepare for action to fight against Satan, then, then we're going to have to be girt about with truth. You see, Satan, he's going to come and lie. He's going to come and twist things. He's going to try to attack your mind. He's going to try to make you perceive things that are not. So you ever had him come and tell you, hey, so, so-and-so's mad at you, and they weren't? You know why he did that? He was trying to sow strife and discord. Gird about with truth. We need to be gird about with truth. We need to prepare for action with the truth. Stand therefore having your loins gird about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. This breastplate's important. You see you have your heart and your lungs and all your vital organs in here. And if you don't have that breastplate on, it'll be easy for a spear or an arrow or a dart to take you out. But you got that breastplate of righteousness on, protecting your heart. You know what the Bible said in the book of Proverbs? Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Ladies, don't give your heart away to some guy quickly. Guys, don't give your heart away to some girl quickly. You, you go and read Proverbs 30 and 31, and it said, um, don't give your strength unto women. Don't give your heart away quickly. Ladies, don't give your heart away to men quickly. Protect it. We need to protect all of it. And that breastplate of righteousness, we, we, we need that breastplate. We need to protect our heart from evil, from the world, the flesh, the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We got a brother back here. I, I don't know where he's at, but me and brother Mark, there he is back there. Me and brother Mark Brockway knocked on his door and, and, and a couple weeks ago and, and he's here this morning. Good to see you here, my friend. God wants us to be out giving out the gospel of Jesus Christ. To invade the enemy's territory with the dynamite of God. Amen? You, you take the dynamite of God into the enemy's territory and let it blow up. Amen? And, and, and people will get saved. Lives will get changed. Having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Going. So we need, we, we, we need to be girt with truth. We need to be prepared to face the lies and the wiles of Satan with the truth. We need to have our heart and our vital organs protected with that breastplate of righteousness. Don't let the Satan have your heart. Don't give your heart to Satan. Protect it with the righteous teachings of the word of God. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We need to go share the gospel everywhere we go. And then it said this, above all, taking the shield of faith. The shield of faith. But notice these next words. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. What is our faith? It's in Jesus Christ. It's in the gospel. It's that, that he shed his blood to die for the sins of the whole world. And this is our shield of faith. And, and that he promised, I will never leave thee nor protect. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That he would protect us. That he would lead God and direct us. That he said, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. And he said here, the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all 
the fiery darts of the wicked. You see, as we read our Bible and as we pray, we learn by the word of God the character of our Savior or the character of our God. And we learn who he is and we learn how he is. We learn how he's meek and gentle and lowly and kind and full of grace and truth. He's not afraid to tell the truth. He's just gracious about it. And he's not, he's not gracious to the point where he just lets everything go. He'll still tell the truth. But we learn his character. And as Satan comes and he attacks with all of these things, we know because of the word of God how our Savior is. And we're able to hold up that shield of faith and trust Jesus Christ. And it said here, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Then it said here in verse number 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, the battle's in the mind. And how do we keep our mind? Well, the Bible said in Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not, medita- shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. This helmet of salvation is our mind protected by the teachings of the word of God. But so far, all of this armor protects us from Satan lashing at us. But it turns around and tells us, hey, the word of God is not only your, your armor that protects you, but the armor is what you can, or the, but the word is what you can fight back with. And he said here, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword, it's not, it's not meant to just protect you. It's meant to cut off the head of the enemy. Amen. 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 That's what David did with Goliath. He climbed on top of him and he cut his head off. Amen. The word of God is a giant killer sword. The word of God can slay your giant. The word of God can, can, can cut Satan and drive him away. And then we see one more in verse number 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Do you see this, my friend? God wants us to be armored up and prepared. Because our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Don't be deceived, my friend. Satan wants to destroy you. He, I, I wish I had a fluffy message this morning, but I don't. But I do have a message of love that I want to see you protected. Amen. I don't, I don't want to hear of, of, of some Bible college girl getting pregnant. I don't want to hear of uh, uh, outside a wedlock. I don't want to hear of, of somebody in the church getting hooked on drugs. I don't want to hear on somebody turning their back on God and going and committing a robbery and ending up in prison. You know what the book, of, I believe is 2 John said, or is it 3 John? He, he said there's no greater joy than that his children walk in truth. God wants us to walk in the truth. Look with me in the book of 1 Peter, chapter number 5, and I'll be finished. 1 Peter, chapter number 5. No doubt Satan attacks you one way or another. He attacks you, he tempts you, he works on you. 1 Peter, chapter number 5, verse number 6 through verse number 11. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, 
that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resists steadfast in the faith. Notice those words, steadfastly resist him. Don't fight him and then give in and then fight him and then give in. Now, now of course, if you fail, get up and start another fight with him. Get right with God. But it's telling us here to steadfastly resist him. Whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. My brother, my sister, Satan giving you a hard time, he's given the rest of us a hard time too. It says right here. If you tell me you're saved and you don't got a problem with the devil, you got a bigger problem than you think you do, friend. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplishing your brethren that are in the world, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye had suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 and 58, Thanks be unto God that giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Neither give place to the devil. He wants to take you out. He wants to take me out. He wants to destroy you, hurt you, cut you up, and leave you a testimony of disgrace. But Jesus is capable by his great mercy, and if we'll yield ourselves to him and his word to make us a testimony of grace, that can endure the fiery trials of Satan. Let's pray. The altar's open if you need Jesus this morning, if you need help. I'd encourage you, my friend, to, to bury yourself on this altar with God. And um, if you're here today and you're not saved, I'd plead with you to repent and believe the gospel. And so you can stand with me and every head bowed and every eye closed. And the invitation is open. If you're not saved, come get saved this morning. If you are saved, you need help. Come meet Jesus at the altar. Lord Jesus, search hearts. The will of the Lord be done. Save sinners that are lost and on their way to hell. And God, those that are saved, oh God, build a wall of fire around us, Lord. Help us to yield ourselves to your word and may the will of the Lord be done. Bless this time in Jesus' name, amen. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting, he's watching. Watching for you and for me. Come home, come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling, oh sinner, come home. You need Jesus this morning.
morning, the altar's Time is now fleeting, the moments are passing, passing from you and from me. Shadows are gathering, deathbeds are coming, coming for you and for me. Come home, come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Call 